If you were making a list of things that seem to have trouble working together, what would you put on it? Oil and water, square pegs and round holes, peanut butter and just about anything for me because I don't like peanut butter. But if you're in the B2B business, few would be surprised to see marketing and sales ending up on your list. Why is that? I'm Mike Pastor from Technology Advice. In this episode of B2B Nation, we're going to talk about marketing and sales alignment. And this time, we're going to talk to a sales leader to get his thoughts on the relationship between these two vital parts of just about every organization that just can't seem to get out of each other's way. Joining me for this episode is Bill Kasky. Bill, thanks for joining B2B Nation. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I'm Bill Kasky, and I've been training sales teams, primarily business-to-business sales teams, for nearly 30 years. You can find out more about some of the content that we offer at BillKasky.com. There's all sorts of videos, and I have two podcasts, the Advanced Selling Podcast and also the Bill Kasky Podcast, creatively named, of course. Um, but I've been working with sales teams primarily and, and marketing uh, departments to make sure that uh, the sales team is communicating the highest possible value to their prospect base and to their clients. And I find that a lot of times messaging is really weak in sales teams. And I think marketing has helped that a little bit, but I think we all have a long way to go when it comes to when a salesperson shows up in front of or virtually, how do they position themselves? How do they position their message uh, away from this convince and persuade game of, I need to get this client to do business with me and a little bit more sophisticated than that. So that's what we've been working on with teams and people. And I'm uh, looking forward to the conversation today. Marketing sales alignment, been a hot topic for a couple of years now in B2B marketing and in sales. Uh, there's this sort of feeling marketers are from Mars, sales is from Venus. The two will never be on the same page, but it's been a focus for companies, many companies in B2B. Where do you see the current state of marketing and sales relationship? Well, I think it's weak. Uh, I've never been a guy to pull punches, so I'll just tell you my, my honest to God opinion. I, I think it's, it leaves a lot to be desired. Now, you have to understand that I'm primarily working with companies in the 100 million and below category. I've got a $10 billion company that I work with, but, and so they're, their alignment is maybe a little bit better, but because of the sheer, uh, you know, the, just the sheer colossal volume, it becomes hard. So I, I think there's a lot of work to do uh, in marketing and sales alignment. And I think it all begins with just being in the same room with each other. And I know that sounds simple, but I find a lot of times we don't devote time in the same room with salespeople there or, or the sales VP and marketing and we try to do it on the fly. We try to do it through email or we try to do it through text or we try to, we, we shortcut the process of really getting all of the content out there and the, and the messaging out there and, and deciding, well, what's good and what's not good. Because a lot of times a marketing department will come up with something, a web page, a, a webinar, and the sales team won't have a lot of input and vice versa. So I th think the, the meeting of the minds is a place where a lot of companies miss. They just don't sit. And I know we're not sitting in the same room today. We're sitting on virtual calls, but the same thing applies. And I think we, we don't devote the time we need to to really get into the nitty gritty about it. Uh, I don't know if you've found that, but that's, 
that's one of my, my pet peeves is everything's done through email. And I'm like, well, you're not going to get good messaging that way. Why do you think that happens? Is it, is it an organizational thing? Sometimes, you, you know, your marketing people have their own organizational structure. They report up maybe to a CMO, sales. Yes. Uh, you know, maybe not. Yes. Right? I, th I think it's organizational. I think a lot of times, here's what I see happen. I think, I think we, leave marketer, we leave marketing to marketers. And I don't know that that's the right thing to do. I hear a lot of times a CEO, and I've got a CEO right now of a $15 million company uh, in the tech space. And uh, he, his comment to me the, uh, about three months ago was, well, I don't want to get involved in marketing. That, that's, their, that's their deal. And I feel like, wait a minute, you're the founder of the company. You understand the culture. There's a reason you started this damn thing in the first place. What do you mean you're going to leave that to the marketers? You need to be in that meeting. Now, I know the CEO of a $10 billion company might not be in that meeting, but if you're a $100 million or less CEO, the wisdom that you bring to marketing is invaluable. And so I think we need to have our, our leaders and companies in these marketing brainstorming meetings because those CEOs and leaders can add a ton of value. Uh, you know, it's like um, Peter Frampton. I heard him interviewed once and he says the, the people in my engine audio engineering group, they don't want me to be involved because I mess things up. And he said to the interviewer, what else is there besides sound? I'm, I'm Peter Frampton is a guitar player uh, and, and a rocker back in the seventies. You might not know him, but he said, what else do I have but the sound of the song? He said, I have to be in that, in that room. I have to be with the audio engineers. And I won't touch any knobs, but I'm the one that has to say, not enough bass there, too much treble, whatever. whatever. I'm sure that's an old term. But um, <laughs> I think it's important for anybody who cares about the future of the company to be part of the marketing team, even if you're not actually executing it. You got to be there for messaging. Frampton comes alive, a, a landmark album. Oh yeah, in the 70s, you know it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> in case you don't get the reference, <laughs> you look like you were old enough to understand. Yeah, Peter I, yeah, I am. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> so one strategy or tactic that marketers are pretty excited about to help smooth over the marketing and sales relationship has been account-based marketing, ABM. So for the uninformed, uh, sales and marketing work together and they basically develop lists. These are the companies we want to work with or we are working with. Let's get our messaging in front of them. It's sort of a narrow casting idea instead uh -huh. of throwing your message out to everyone. But like a lot of strategies, it's not something you can you know, rely on. Hey, we're just going to implement ABM and that's going to fix the whole relationship, right? So. Yeah. Thoughts on that? There are no easy fixes, right? ABM or anything else. I think it gets back to the same kind of thing as when you, if I'm a VP of sales of a hundred million dollar company and I've got a marketing team and I provide a list of, of prospects, let's just say, I kind of want to know, what are you going to say? How are you going to position the product and the value? Because if you're saying one thing in the marketing message and my salespeople are showing up and, and you don't even know based on what they say that it's the same company, you have a problem. Uh, I also think that, and I know we throw this word around a lot today, but this notion of story, I, I think is really critical. I'm convinced that 
people don't buy products, they buy the story of what the product will do for them. And if we can't understand how our services or our products are going to enhance the lives of the customer down to the internal issues that we deal with every day, like performance and shame and, and you know, frustrations and all those things that the customer has, if we're not speaking about those things and we're just talking about how awesome the freaking product is, I think you miss, I think you miss a lot of people. And I, I think the idea of story today is vital for account-based ma marketing because what else is there besides your story and, and where you're taking your customer? What's the ideal outcome that, that you can look a customer in the eye and say, if you work with me, this is where I'm taking you. This is what your life is going to look like when you, when you purchase and when you implement and when we are helping you be successful. And I think that's a message component that's kind of missed. I think we, de we default to what's the product and what are the features and what are the benefits and, and uh, how, how can you justify buying this, you know, the economic justification. And I feel like you've got to meet people where they are and where they are is they're in pain and they have issues and they have problems. And some of those problems stretch into their personal lives. And I don't care what you're selling, a person is going to be approving or buying or influencing that purchase. You gotta pay attention to what's going on inside their world. I think marketers aren't good at that generally. And I know you've got a lot of marketers who will hate me for that, but I don't think we're very good at really saying what are the frustrations that a person has and how are we going to help by selling them what we sell? And so account-based marketing is awesome. I just got to make sure that we're, we're meeting the customer where they are and where they are is typically not thinking about you. Right. So, so how are we going to take them from not thinking about you and your product to just reflecting on their own life and their own frustrations with the with the area of your life that you can help them with and then I think we meet them where they are then we can move them it's hard to move somebody if you're if you're showing up in their life with a message it just doesn't relate to them right and it's often sales and, and sales teams who develop those relationships and who have more insight into you know what are the pain points what are they struggling uh -huh. with? how does it affect their career and affect them personally but it's marketing that's creating the messaging. And so they're easy to see a disconnect there, right? Absolutely, right. absolutely. That's right. why kind of back to your first question, I think we need to have meetings and you need to have a, a questionnaire for those meetings. Like, you know, not what are we selling, but what are the people that we're selling to struggling with as it relates to our, our niche and our product? And how are we positioning ourselves? Are we positioning ourselves as a problem and a solution to a problem, or are we positioning ourselves as something that is going to help them aspire to a new life or to a new reality or to a new, and I think that's what this whole, I hate, keep bringing it up, I'm exhausted with COVID, but is I think that buyers are going to be much more heavily, they're gonna be heavily scrutinizing purchases, and unless that purchase connects with or the solution connects with the buyer where they are today, and I don't mean professional buyer, I just mean the, the, the client, I think it's too easy to say, nah, next, I don't need that right now, I gotta keep my business in survival mode, I, I, I gotta keep my business operating. The, the thing is, if you can connect your message with that dilemma, 
you got something. Right. You got something. We've probably already covered this in some of the conversation at this point. What do you see that marketers miss the most about the relationship between marketing and sales? I think it's up to the senior leader in the company to make sure that marketing and sales are one and not two. And you, you said it earlier in some of the pre-show work we did, uh, there's this feeling like, well, that's the marketing department and that's the sales department and CMO and C, you know, CEO or whatever the reporting structures are. I think we've got to see them as one. You can't align something unless you see them as one. It's curious to me because in certain parts of B2B, depending on what you're selling, you you have these uh, buyer's journeys where the buyer does not work with sales until very late in the process, if at all, because you can do the transact. We're using Zoom to record this, right? Yep. Very rarely do people get Zoom through a salesperson. It's too easy to just go and put in yeah. your credit card, right? Yeah. Um, in that case, marketing is the sales, right? Exactly. I mean, that's, what, right? So it's it's kind of strange that it's almost like a legacy organization that we're living through where these were two different pillars. Um, and like you said, they are should be closer together organizationally and functionally and everything else. I think you've got to ask yourself as a, as a consumer of this podcast, is marketing 80% of the process and then sales is 20? Is marketing 20 and sales 80? I think you have to really get clear about that. I also think that this whole idea of digital, digital transformation, how much of your marketing and sales process is digital? You know, right now I have a, a group, it's, it's a sales group, a mastermind group called uh, the 2X group. Well, you don't really talk to me about the 2X group until you've uh, watched a webinar, filled out an online assessment where I can understand who you are. I know from when people fill out the assessment, whether they're prospects or not, the more they tell me, the better prospect they are. I think we all need to be using digital tools as well. Not, not like really clever AI and apps, but just the simplest of digital tools like before we have a meeting, do we allow the prospect to share with us what's going on in their business? Um, and, and some of those digital tools are vital, but a lot of companies still don't use them because they put all the burden on the salesperson to go out and build the relationship. And it's hard to build a relationship virtually. You, we know it. I mean, it, this whole virtual thing, oh, it's going to change the world. It is going to change the world, but you're going to have to adapt sales organization can have to adapt because it's not the same as being in the same room with somebody. It's just not. So what can we do up front before we're in, in, you know, in virtual connection with people to make sure we understand a little bit of their issues, a little bit of their problems, what are they struggling with? And I think when we take the burden off the sales team and that's more of a marketing thing, still got to have a salesperson. Not, I'm not, I'm not defunding sales here, but but I think there's some things you can be doing. And so that's where marketing and sales also come in is not just the messaging, but talk about the entire pro process. What's the process of making a sale over the, over the scope of the journey and where does sales come in and where does marketing leave? And, or are there some gray areas there where we're both involved? It's Dolph. that why question. I always go back to that with people. Like from the beginning of time, when you walked into any sort of business, you're basically asked, why are you here? You go in to buy lunch, you know, what can I get you? What, what, what do you need? 
it's kind of the key to everything. It answers all the yeah. questions that are going to guide the, what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And depending upon where the customer is on their journey, I find that most of the time when a salesperson gets involved, you're at the very beginning of the journey unless the customer has done a ton of research online and they, they feel like they know, but they still don't know. I mean, going to Google and researching a company is not the same as having a human being there face-to-face -face or virtually talking through what are your circumstances, what are your problems. So um, I, I agree. It's, it's the gray area between marketing and sales that's, it's, sometimes it's that handoff where things fall apart. How many times right. have you been on a call with somebody and you give them all the information. They say, I'm going to transfer you to, to Bill Caskey. And then Bill Caskey asks you the same questions that you just got <laughs> asked. And you're like, what the, what the hell did I just go through 30 minutes of that for? Right. That's probably not as much happen anymore because I think there's technology that helps. But it still happens. Let's look ahead 12 uh -oh. months, 18 uh -oh. months. Uh -oh. Really hard to do in the first <laughs> half of 2020. Actually, we're past the first half. But yeah. Given the year it's been, it's really hard to look ahead 12 months, 18 months, maybe 24 months. Marketing and sales, what are we gonna be talking about? Are we still gonna be talking about alignment or do we think that some of the things we talked about are gonna be implemented? Are people gonna change the way they organize their teams? What's your best guess? Well, for the last two years, I have been stressing to my sales clients, and these are B2B people, these are not B2C, you have to build your personal brand. You must do that because especially if you're selling high-end technology, the, the client wants to know. I had a, a guy who's with a fortune, I think 1,000 company. He's a purchasing agent. He's in one of our programs. I don't know why he's in it, frankly, because he's a purchasing guy. But he kind of wants to know what are salespeople being taught today. But he came up with this thing the other day. He said, if a person reaches out to me, a salesperson reaches out to me, the first and, and leaves a message says, hey, I'd like to get together sometime or whatever that is, an email. He will always go to their LinkedIn page. And he says, if they don't have anything of value from me on their LinkedIn page, I decline the invitation. And what he's saying is that, look, I want you to bring me something. Don't come in here trying to make a sale. That's not helpful to me. Come in, you know, put, my, put something on your LinkedIn page that allows me to get to know you, understand how you work what kinds of problems you solve, some, maybe a tip, maybe some suggestions. And he says, a lot of buyers are doing that now. He says, people aren't even seeing people. They'll go to their LinkedIn or their blog or whatever the platform is, and they'll say, can this person bring me value? So if you're, if you're listening to this and you, and you go to your LinkedIn page and there's nothing of value there, you're way behind. And that's personal branding. That's what are you doing personally to let the customer know that they would be a fool not to meet with you because of the value that you can bring to that relationship. So I think personal branding is going to continue. It's probably going to be even more important. And I, I think salespeople in general suck at that. They're awful at it. And I know why, because it's like, you got to kind of look at yourself as the brand and that's hard to do. But, you know, even if you just have a handful of videos on your LinkedIn profile page that helps the customer get to know and get familiar with how you do business. That's okay. But uh, people are reluctant. I get this excuse. Well, I don't, I'm not good on video. And it's okay. We'll get good on video. Task number one for the weekend, get freaking good on video because that's how we're communicating today. And no more excuses about my voice. I don't like my voice. And, <laughs> 
No, I don't. Nobody, nobody likes like, their voice. Nobody likes their voice, but <laughs> oh well. The, as the people you work with and the, the people that you want to develop relationships with get younger, then this becomes more important. Absolutely. The selling aspect Absolutely. because they don't think anything about making a video, watching a video. To them, it's just the way it's always been. Yeah. And right. when I produce a video for LinkedIn, it always gets more views. It always does. Not always, but 80% of the time it gets more views and gets more engagement. And not only do you need to shoot video, you need to figure out how to do it well. And how do you message? You know, if you just start rambling and the person's five minutes in and they have no idea where you're going, that's not good. That's not going to be good. So you've got to upfront say, look, in this video, I want to share with you three ideas that you can take with you right now and implement idea number one. And so now you're starting to, you're starting to bring value even before you show up. But I think personal branding, and doesn't have just be video. I'm not, I, I don't want to limit to that. But you, you know what you're doing, Mike, you're doing the podcast. I mean, the podcast is a huge value to people. And I'm sure you get calls occasionally from somebody who says, just like I do, hey, I've been listening to your podcast for a long time. I want to figure out how to work together. And that's it's, beautiful. That's beautiful. And it's planning. It's, it's, you know, I think it's so easy to create something like a video today that I think people say, well, I take out my phone and I hit the button and I'm making a video. But like you said, you have to... <laughs> Think about what you're going to say. You have to plan it out just like everything else. There's a, a time and a place maybe for more spontaneous video, but I don't think it's your B2B personal. No, brand. no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Right? I mean, there's people that can get away with that in their business, like Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you know Gary. Um, mm -hmm. He can get away with just shooting a video in the car on the way to the airport because he has 5 million followers and people are kind of wanting to know what he does. But you have to be a little bit more thoughtful. I agree. Uh, just where is the customer who's watching this or the, where is the prospect on their journey and, and speak to that. And I always say, speak to the top end of the funnel, speak to, Hey, if you're considering um, engaging a sales coach or a sales trainer, and you're not really sure how to do it, let me give you a couple of tips. Whether you work with me or not is ir ir irrelevant. Here are some things you should look for in a coach. Well, that captures a lot of people who are just in that consideration mode. And so I think you have to say, where is the customer on their journey? Shoot video and create content that speak to that, speak to that. And then you can also create video speaking to people who are well down the process too. Right. But a marketing video doesn't do that. Creating a, a 10,000 video from your 10,000 hour video from your marketing department is not the same as a salesperson looking into a camera and speaking. All right. Bill Caskey, good stuff. Thanks for Thank taking you. the time. I Thank appreciate you, Mike. it. Thank you, Mike. I enjoyed it. Thanks.